1: It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories.
2: Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. My name is Julian Gibb. It's blessed to have you join us here today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. And today we're blessed to have uh, a friend of mine. Uh, We've known each other for coming up about two years, and uh, his name is Prakash, soon to be Dr. Prakash. And uh, Prakash is uh, in India, so Prakash, welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. Now, brother, tell us. Um, well, first of all, tell us a little bit about India. You know, it's uh, we all know it's a a great big country in Asia, uh, the second most populous country in the world. But uh, tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about your your beautiful country. Well,
3: the. The beauty of India is, uh, it is diverse in many cultures, many aspects, each state then have their own culture, own language, own different kind of food and uh, so many different things, but we are still one nation. So that's the beauty of uh, India. It's a vast nation and uh, different cultures, different languages, uh, we always say unity and diversity. So that is what uh, uh, is special about India.
2: Wonderful. You know, I uh, <clears throat> did a little fact checking before the show, you know, and uh, so yeah, looking here, 30, 30 languages spoken by more than, uh, you know, a million people, and then 122 languages spoken by more than 10,000 people. So <clears throat> that's impressive. But what? What are the main languages? Is there a certain languages that you can all talk together? Or or is that not the case? Uh, English is our official language
3: and uh, Hindi is our national language. So these two languages, uh, at least, are uh, spoken and used in the offices, uh, most of the offices, Uh, but each state, they have their own language in South India. Almost all uh, people can connect with three to four languages, Mm. South Indian languages, because they are connected to each other. In North India, Hindi is the common language, uh, plus their local languages. So if you know Hindi, you can go anywhere uh,
2: throughout the nation. So tell tell us about the nation. Tell us about what it is you do there. I know... um, you're a Christian missionary working in India. So tell us a little bit about that. How, uh, how easy, um, easy is the wrong word, how uh, enabled are you to share God's love to people within your country?
3: Well, uh, traditionally we were evangelizing earlier, but uh, that is not the case now. Situation has changed. Political situation has changed. Uh, social conditions have changed and so it's not permissible for us uh, to go and do open air preaching or to evangelize people uh, door to door or in the uh, in the streets or in the villages now so it's it's a big challenge these days that uh, the church is facing in India Um, the church has to come up with uh, Different ways of uh, presenting the gospel or uh, de- demonstrating God's love to people, and uh, that is what uh, the harvest through the Samaritan strategy uh, projects or trainings uh, is teaching churches and church leaders and pastors. So, uh, in a very practical way, uh, we are trying to demonstrate God's
2: love uh, to people. Does it depend on which region you're in uh, as to um, how um, challenging it is to preach preach the gospel, teach the gospel? Is it is it sort of are some areas uh, more receptive to the word and some others aren't?
3: Uh, if you think about uh, Northeast India, uh, which is more uh, like a Christian belt for or seven states. Uh, There's so much uh, Christian influence on that culture, the Baptist church and Presbyterian church and some other churches. So you don't see much persecution or opposition to the gospel in that region. But uh, most of the other regions, uh, we have persecution, we have opposition, and uh, we cannot uh, openly uh, conduct uh, evangelistic meetings. So there are restrictions. However. There are times
2: we can reach out to people uh, in different uh, ways. And t- tell me about those different ways, because if if um, if you're not uh, able to to freely evangelize <coughs> to sh- to share your word in certain areas, um, how do you show God's love to these people? Well, as uh, we
3: are focusing on the Samaritan Strategy Project, uh, which is Ministry of Harvest, Uh, we are focusing on the holistic discipleship, holistic gospel. Uh, Earlier, we were focusing mainly on the spiritual aspects, uh, uh, trying to convert people or share spiritual things, but uh, right now the focus is on the holistic uh, approach. So in four areas, spiritual, social, physical, and intellectual. Mm. Uh, And that is what uh, right now we are uh, uh, training pastors and church leaders in. So this Samaritan Strategy Project or training is divided into four parts. First, we connect with the local pastors. We do networking with the pastors and church leaders. And then we offer uh, a vision casting session for them explain them what exactly we are uh, trying to do or help them learn Mm -hmm. then we have eight core lessons uh, that we take them through the training after those eight lessons we do coaching uh, uh, sessions we help them how they can train other people so it's like tot training of trainers and then we see that they really multiply they go out and train more people uh, in their own regions or areas. So, uh, focus is again, uh, of each lesson uh, on holistic uh, discipleship. What, what, social. what is holistic? <clears throat> what does it mean? It's the whole gospel uh, to the whole person or to, you know, to, in mm. the community. So, in all four areas, spiritual, social, intellectual and physical.
2: Mm. Uh, yes and so uh so you're you're training church pastors church leaders to uh to train members of their congregation to actively go out and meet the needs of the people in your community not 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 just on uh on a spiritual level but also on a, on a on a on a physical and on a relational level so um how <clears throat> How how have you how have you done this? You know, so the trainings happened, and uh, your colleagues have been trained. But how do they, how does the uh, uh, American term how does the rubber actually hit the road? You know how. Uh, so these people are trained, but then how do you reach out to the uh, the believers or non-believers around you?
3: Uh, during the training, we uh, ask them to practice what we teach them. Uh, and we call that on individual level we call it uh, disciplines of love so individually we practice again in four areas spiritual social wisdom and physical how i can as a person demonstrate god's love in these four areas in my family in my church or in the community Uh, that is one uh, practical thing that we encourage them and then When they do all this, they report uh, when we meet next time. Uh, But as a church, then we have seed projects that there is another focus on demonstrating God's love uh, in the community, in in the church, and uh, in our areas. So as a church, as a small group of people, we demonstrate God's love again in these four areas. And then they report back. to us that this is how we have done so there are some
2: stories yeah yes before you do you're listening to the kingdom and its stories and you're about to hear some stories from Prakash of how uh Indian pastors and church leaders in their community have holistic it's a great word meaning the whole person I believe uh, holistically reached out to Lovingly affect the lives of the people around them, whether Christian or not. So, Prakash, back to you. Yes, give us some examples of, of, of how people, <clears throat> how the church has reached out within your communities. Yeah, again, the uh, main uh, thing that we want to teach our
3: pastors is how can they demonstrate God's love with their own local resources mm. instead of depending on the foreign. Uh, resources or somebody else's resources so uh, these seed projects or small projects that us uh, do uh, really mean a lot to them because it is with their resources with their uh, contributions uh, we do some of these projects one project we did in calcutta was shoes for rickshaw pullers there are hundreds of or th- millions of uh, rickshaw pullers who pull these carts and people sit back. Uh, they have to go through waters and you know barefoot and uh, heat and all that. So our group, the group that we were training, pastors group, they decided why not we do something for this particular group of people, rickshaw pullers. So we contributed among ourselves bought shoes, invited some rickshaw pullers. we gave them food, we gave them shoes and we prayed for them, we shared the gospel. They were so happy. So that is one uh, area like physical area uh, that uh, we try to do, we try to demonstrate God's love. Another story is about picnic for children in the community,
2: Uh,
3: take them out uh, for a picnic uh, which they never experienced in a very good, clean in- environment, uh, provide them food and some games. So in a social area, uh, that project was done. Uh, in an in intellectual area, uh, we did one very special project. Uh, we had some designers or printers, publishers in our group. Uh, they came up with uh, designs for the notebooks for the schools. And so on the notebook page, front page, they had pictures and then at the back side, they had stories, moral stories uh, with the references from the Bible. And so in the notebook, on each page, we had at least one reference from the Bible, one moral uh, thought that they can learn each day. So it was very interesting, very effective. Uh, you know, uh, innovative way of uh, uh, educating children in moral uh, values. Mm. So that was uh, very, uh, very, very helpful uh, to the uh, to the pastors as well as uh, schools. We did one another project that was solar lamps for poor students.
2: Uh, so, solar lamps. Yes, solar okay.
3: lamps for poor students. Uh, in uh, most of the uh, rural areas, they still do not have electricity. And during the pandemic, uh, they were really struggling because they had to study at home. And so nighttime, if they do not have electricity, then they cannot study, they cannot complete their homework. Hmm. So we uh, did a contribution, collected some amount and uh, donated solar lamps to poor students uh, in the rural areas. There are many stories like blanket distributions uh, to the poor and uh, mask distribution during the uh, pandemic, the lockdown time. We also conducted COVID awareness uh, meetings uh, in the rural areas, uh, in the slum areas. Uh, One particular project we did in slum areas was uh, we taught uh, slum women or poor women how to make detergent uh, at a very very low cost at home. So how we how to make what? Sorry. Deter- detergent. Oh yes, and, Thank you. and phenyl. Uh, so that uh, they can maintain cleanliness hygiene uh, in these uh, you know slums, and uh, when we made uh, detergent, fifteen kilo and almost 15 to 20 liters of phenyl. We distributed that free to these uh, poor people, and they were really encouraged. They said, we also can do it, and then we can help ourselves. We can sell it, you know, cheaper. And so that opened up a door for us to do ministry because next time we went there, they came up with a prayer request. Please pray for us, please pray, somebody's sick you know so uh, god is opening doors for us to minister in these areas
2: well that you know that uh, that's quite comprehensive really so you know you're you're reaching out you know with the, the lamps for people that don't have uh, electricity so they can study you know uh the, you know reaching out for people with food and with masks and helping with detergent and things so, so these are wonderful, you know you these are expressions you know but do do people ask you know why are you doing this do people do people want to know what is your motivation behind acts of love you know uh, I know sometimes uh here in in the u s when when something like that happens at this point in time, there's this sort of small movement called paying it forward, where you you're at a gasoline station, you pay the person's gasoline behind you or in a store, and the question is, well, yes, please, but why, why are you doing this? you know do, do 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 people ask um your pastors you know why why are you doing this
3: yeah they are surprised uh, many times that why are these people doing this you know why they come up uh, many times they do have suspicion that we are trying to convert them uh, when they realize that we are Christians or we are you know pastors uh, but then when we talk to them and we do not try to convert them then they realize that we are doing it uh, in, you know with uh, pure motive and so we become friendly with them we talk nicely we chat and so uh, you know that helps them uh, remove their misunderstanding that we are trying to convert them because that is one big issue in india right now whatever you try to do for somebody and if they say these people are trying to convert us, then it becomes a difficult situation for us. So we are also uh, wise in uh, talking to them and not saying that you have to come to the church, or uh, you have to become Christian. And you know that's why we are doing. Uh, so very important thing in that is this is not supposed to be done only once. Uh, if we continue to do this, practice again and again go to people demonstrate god's love then they they really trust us and uh, that becomes our lifestyle Hmm. Uh, and that does encourage us as well as uh, the people that we serve
2: amen that's that's a good message you know not this heavy-handed evangelism you know sort of like here's a blanket you know now you know you must come with me and And believe whatever i believe but this act you know as jesus did of constantly loving people constantly reaching out to people finding their needs and seeking to to fill those needs not 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 just merely handouts but also friendship you know showing them the dignity that they deserve simply for being god's children so so that, that that that's a great story you know and and uh I'm just thinking, you know, the results really are, are, uh, are, are the Lord's, the Holy Spirit, you know, one man plants and other waters, but it's the, the Lord that, that that brings to life that makes grow. And so really, you know, our, our call is the call to be obedient to um, from what you're saying and from what I believe as well is to use what God has put in your hand, where he's placed you and to be obedient you know, and to, to to strive to love the people and uh the results are uh of, you know beyond our uh beyond our capabilities. That's something for for that person and for for our Lord. But uh Prakash, what how, how can we be praying for you and indeed uh the pastors? I know you're connected to pastors uh throughout throughout your country, you know, what what, what how can we be praying? How can people in America be praying for you? Uh, the very first thing
3: uh, that comes is the, the COVID situation. Many people are vaccinated, but uh, again, uh, they think that it's never going to happen again. So uh, sometimes people are negligent and uh, avoid wearing masks or social distancing and all that. So please pray that uh, uh, God will protect us because it's a big nation, population is too much. uh, You can't maintain social distance, you you know. There are times that you have to just, you know, squeeze with other people in a room or in the train or in the bus. Uh, So please pray that God will protect us. Also, uh, please pray that uh, God will protect the church from persecution. Mm. Uh, Because there is persecution, there is opposition, uh, because of the the government, you know, the Hindu government right now. So uh, the minority uh, groups are really scared. Uh, They do not know what will happen, what kind of laws will come. So uh, please pray that God will protect the church and the believers that they will be uh, strong in their faith and commitment to christ Uh, also please pray that the leaders will focus on holistic discipleship because uh, again i say that uh, many times we focus only on spiritual only preaching in the church but uh, that we uh, should go out in the community and uh, be witness Uh, through the holistic uh, approach. Also, please pray for uh, our trainers, (coughs) the uh, team that I work with, that God will grant us wisdom. Uh, That is not simply teaching people, but we practice ourselves uh, what we teach. So, please pray for us. Uh, Also, please pray that God will open doors. Uh, for us in different uh, uh, locations, different areas. And one sp- particular uh, thing that we are trying to do recently is uh, reach out to the colleges, universities, Bible colleges, seminaries, hmm. uh, that if we bring this uh, holistic discipleship message uh, in the colleges or universities, these educated young people will go out and practice uh, holistic discipleship and train others so that is what uh, we are praying about and working on it so please pray that god will grant us wisdom and uh, guidance of his holy spirit uh, yes
2: amen you know and so you know uh, prakash with i don't want to labor on the topic of persecution uh um for many reasons but but uh have you found in areas where there has been persecution that the um, people, the Christians are sort of bonded together, suddenly all these sort of um, uh, little matters that cause friction between us, you know, uh, the, these sort of superficial problems that that we have, not that there aren't real problems, but the sort of the superficial ones get pushed to the side and this sort of, there's this, this unity comes together. Have you, have you found that in, uh, in areas of uh, persecution within the churches that you operate in? Uh, yes. Uh,
3: when there is a persecution and the churches are burned and all that, then people forget their differences and then they, have, uh, they go to the minority commission, come together, approach the government agencies uh, and show unity that we are together even though they do have uh, internal
2: issues and problems. Yes. Well, amen. Well, we have one minute left. And uh, really, just uh, for those who are listening, whether on the uh, radio or uh, on the internet, uh, please do be praying for, for Prakash and for um, the ability for him to uh, effectively go out and to continue to to reach to all, all people. And I love what you said uh, when we were talking uh, yesterday was, you know, teaching the gospel is rarely possible it has to be shown it has to be shown so that's a big important message for us as well um of course we seek to teach the gospel uh you know in the pulpit and in bible studies and so forth but very much so also in our daily lives so my question to myself and to you who are listening how are you showing the love of jesus to those around you You've been listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories. We were blessed to have Prakash from India. Go in peace. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow
1: me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their communities. If you have a personal example, of how you are being the hands and feet of Jesus with your neighbors. We'd love to hear from you. Enter your story at harvestfoundation.org. That's harvestfoundation.org on the Contact Us tab. You can also subscribe to the podcast on The Kingdom and Its Stories on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.